Welcome to this very special edition of Reimagine Law. My name is Sassy Clyde. I'm the producer of the Reimagine Law podcast. And today I'm meeting the wonderful host, Fran Rideout, at the London Legal Walk. This is an event that happens every year where all of the legal bods from London get together and they do a 10K fundraising walk en masse. Uh, yeah, they start in Chancery Lane and finish, I don't know, I guess we'll find out. It's also very exciting because I've never actually met Fran in real life. You know, I've spent hours on Zoom with her, but I've never seen her in 3D. So I'm looking forward to poking her in the arm and making sure that she is actually made of flesh. <laughs> looking forward to learning more about the London Legal Walk and what it's all about. This is Reimagine Law, a podcast about legal education and careers to help students navigate their career choices. So I've just walked under one of those huge inflatable arches that these kind of events are famous for. And I'm looking for the registration desks, which must be around here somewhere. And then there she was. Oh, it was so nice to finally meet Fran in person. And she came bearing gifts. My very own Reimagine Law branded T-shirt. Hello, so we're really lucky to be joined by Paola Bruni, who's a trainee solicitor at Denton's. Um, hello, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> so we'd love to know why you're taking part in the London Legal Walk today. Yes, absolutely. Um, so we're taking part in the London Legal Walk because we recognise the importance of access to justice. Denton's is committed to this and we currently support two different clinics. Um, we are um, with the National Centre of Domestic Violence and we also have volunteer with Pop Law. I think it's really important that law firms um, support these clinics um, and get involved because they have the ability to do so. I think you've probably covered it already there, but why is access to justice particularly important for you and, and perhaps dentists? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so access to justice is important to ensure individuals are properly advised. Um, when they have a legal matter. Um, so they need to know all the different possibilities in order to be um, advised to take action and to the outcome that would be most favourable to them. Um, so yeah, I think that's why it's so important and that's why big law firms should support this. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree. <laughs> um, so let's just talk about you if we can for a moment. Um, I'm sure our listeners would be really interested to hear. Um, how did you decide on your career path to go and be a trainee? Yeah, um, so I am actually originally from Venezuela, so I think I've always had an interest in law because the legal system in Venezuela is quite difficult, um, let's just say that at the moment. <laughs> um, so I think it's something that really interested me growing up. Like when I moved to the UK, I realised how the legal system actually worked here and I was very impressed. Uh, so then I applied to do law at university. While I was there, I was quite interested in transitional justice and corporate law. Um, I went on to do a master's in Latin American studies where I focused on transitional justice. Um, so that's something that's always been one of my interests. Eventually I decided to do corporate law. Um, I'm quite interested in real estate, but I also um, look into transitional justice and other sort of less commercial areas of law, um, including volunteering at Pop Law and the National Centre for Domestic Violence. Oh, fantastic. That's brilliant. Um, and so if any of our listeners are aspiring lawyers, have you got any tips that you would give them? Yes, absolutely. So um, a career in law is very rewarding. Yeah. And I would say if you're aspiring to be a solicitor, 
or a barrister, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, it's okay to not get a legal job straight away. Um, I think a lot of firms or all firms value uh, all kinds of experience. So if you work at a shop, if you work at a cafe, there's so many transferable skills that firms are value. And when you graduate university, even if you don't get a legal job immediately, you can paralegal or even work as a legal secretary and slowly move towards training at a firm or going to chambers. Um, these are very valuable. And I think most trainees in our firm have had some paralegal experience. And when you don't, you can really tell the difference. So it's really, really good if you do. Oh, it's fantastic. They're brilliant tips. Um, thank you so much for talking to us today and best of luck with your 10 kilometre walk <laughs> and with all so your fundraising for the London Legal Support Trust as thank well. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. <laughs> we had arranged to meet our second guests back near the registration desks and it didn't take us long to find them. Um, hello, so we are continuing our journey down Carey Street and we have bumped into Elizabeth Harper and Amanda Illing from the London Legal Support Trust. Hello. Hello. <laughs> hello there. Hi. Thank you both so much for joining us. Thank you. Um, so the first question I wanted to ask you is what is the London Legal Support Trust? Oh, the London Legal Support Trust is a fund giving organisation that um, raises money, puts on events, the London Legal Walk being the major event, and it's then a fund giver that gives money to legal advice centres, uh, legal advice centres and bureaus and so on um, in London and the South East. So um, perhaps Elizabeth, you could tell us why, why is the work so important? Because frontline free legal advice agencies need the money more than ever. Um, the pandemic has caused, we believe, about 100 agencies to shut down. Um, and some agencies just need additional funding to just to keep the lights on. Um, and people desperately need the help. And from speaking to um, agencies really on a daily basis, um, the problems spiral from one to the next to the next and a lot of people have found themselves in situations where they need uh, legal advice for the first time over the last two years and they never thought they'd be in that situation and they are now and yeah. and the legal advice agencies are having more and more people walk through their doors and calling their advice lines. It is an essential fund giver to agencies and legal advice bureaus in order to enable them to do what they do so it's so important because it gives money yeah in London and the southeast yeah really important you know and as someone who worked in a front service advice center I can vouch for that <laughs> and it can be it can it can make or break an organization it gives advice it's got the, its centers of excellence it can um, it can help in terms of saving you know saving money in other places in order to concentrate these essential funds into actually giving people that essential legal advice that yeah. changes their lives these are really vulnerable people in our society it, it can change people's lives and that's why it's so important I think one of the lovely things actually um, if I could just come in from the other side on the London Legal Support Trust is by giving some money to organizations sometimes that can spearhead than being able to get funds from elsewhere. So, for yeah. example, at the Queen Mary Legal Advice Centre, we got some money um, years ago um, from you. And actually, it started a trajectory where we then ended up getting more funding. Yeah. Um, so it was lovely. Yeah. Well, and also, people make applications, and we want to give 
the money out. You know, today, um, in the past, we've had sort of 10,000 people. You know, the major event of the London Legal Support Trust is the London Legal Walk. Ta-da! Ta-da! <laughs> and that is the activity for which we get the most amount of money in the year. Um, what we want to do as a trust is to give the money away to people because we, you know, we see that as our, it is our primary importance to keep the doors open of legal advice agencies. So, and what's wonderful today is to see so many of the big commercial corporate yeah. firms giving back as much, um, and, you know, in a way that isn't direct pro bono with their volunteers their lawyers volunteering yeah. yeah I mean pro bono um, takes different forms of course yeah. it's either you know being the lawyers at you know some of these um, big um, law firms and so on um, giving their time to give the direct legal advice but it's also lots of other things it's the support to the community of pro bono that gives time yep. gives resources gives expertise behind the scenes you know so it is a community of people and um, it's really valuable and it's needed now more than ever of course so let's just ask this question then if um, someone's listening to us and they're perhaps starting out on their career um, and they're looking to enter the legal profession what could they do as an individual to help improve access to justice well I, I'll say from my perspective I mean I think if you're looking to enter the legal profession, one way of looking at it might be that you do work in your as part of your you know career that is pro bono work. Now, for some people, that is directly linked to the advice that they're giving or the, the support that they're giving for some individuals in relation to the work that they do. But um, from my perspective, you. If you have, um, if you do pro bono, if you factor in, even if you become a commercial lawyer in a, you know, big hotshot law firm, you can still do and commit to doing pro bono activity because I think that's what we see with our colleagues across the legal profession. Um, once you have it instilled in you from the very start that pro bono activity is a is a good thing to do and the right thing to do that stays with you now it may well be that you have to <laughs> you know give up some of your um, you might factor it into your own personal time but many law firms most law firms um, have a commitment to CSR programs and activities that com commit to allowing their lawyers to give up time or allowing their people it's not just the lawyers I mean I think for me that is also a, a really important factor it's not just about lawyers it's about everyone who works in the legal profession whether you're in marketing or finance or admin or you know business development we're all part of the same community yeah for sure for example uh, volunteering at a citizens advice bureau if you are a marketeer or a social media manager that is also something that you can help do because ev all skills are needed to create the service that people need and I think if you're starting out in your career if you if you have it with you all the way through um, it will stand you in good stead so if you're looking to apply somebody's CV that has legal related activity on it um, might well stand out when you're looking you know for a training contract or pupillage or for a marketing job 
or you know whatever something that is legal related that is access to justice related stands you in good stead so i i think it's good for your career prospects as well to have a track record well, it shows of it. the dedication doesn't yeah. it to the i mean i've i've got industry. a men i've got i mentor quite a lot of people <coughs> and one of my mentees is here today oh, she's standing in <laughs> Tooley street somewhere <laughs> as a steward you know Fantastic. with pointy finger and clap 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 go this way um because you know we had a very open conversation about this stuff that you're doing on your CV is great. She's just finished a master's. Um, she's worked in H&M. She's worked really hard because she's had to fund herself in, through her education. But what will stand, what we see all the time is what stands out in somebody's application is legal related stuff, activity. Yeah. So she's here today and she's gonna, that's you know, gonna go on her CV. And actually, we've got another episode all about the importance of mentoring. And I think our listeners are able to see the value of it just by hearing what you say, um, Amanda. Um, so let's just focus in. There's nothing to stop, um, Elizabeth and Amanda, um, a group of, let's say, 17, 18-year-olds in school or sixth form who want to show a commitment to access to justice and law from booking themselves a team and joining the walk next year, is there? Absolutely. Um, by a fly. <laughs> <Don't pick up. laughs> oh, the terrors of doing an I episode know. on the hoop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Coming um, here today will also um, expose you to a huge amount of people in the industry. It's, you know, it's not just it's not just about fundraising of course it's about fundraising that is our primary purpose but it's also about meeting people especially after such a long time because of the pandemic and um, and networking seeing people within the industry um, and and just a celebration really of the work that the legal profession does yeah, yeah for sure I think I agree with that and it's also the community isn't it yeah. there is a really powerful community you know you walk up and down here and you see people as you say that you haven't seen for probably a year possibly two and um, you can see people want to come back and see each other but it the, the commu this community but pro bono community is connecting people yeah because yeah. And it is all about the money, which is why I'm holding a bucket. <laughs> I shall get my change out in a moment. Thank you very much. I've got a card um, reader if you want to do it. Oh, fantastic. There's <laughs> always a way. Um, yeah, and certainly for me, I'm blown away because I, I look after our social channels and our marketing. I'm blown away by um, certainly LinkedIn has been very busy this year and I'm going to be extremely busy tomorrow replying to, liking, sharing, interacting with all the engagements and actually... I, I've been really surprised, like looking at the enthusiasm from all of the teams getting really excited about today as actually, you know, through the long hours, as you can imagine <laughs> there are to prepare this, that actually really lifts me um, because people have genuinely been really excited about this. And in oh, January and February, when we were, you know, planning this, looking at the dates, looking at getting out of this pandemic, thinking what is October <laughs> going to look like. We are actually here, it's amazing. Congratulations. It's like, well, yeah, but it is, it's quite an yeah. achievement because there's definitely been times where we were thinking, is this going to happen, isn't it? And 
and everyone's been really dedicated so yeah and on that point are we moving back to june next year or are we going to stay in the october slot <laughs> I, we are in discussion on that discussion. it's going to be a summer it, I think, can we yeah. say summer i think we can say summer can say so summer. our listeners can have a look out <laughs> on your london legal support website yeah. and see when the date of, of the next year as we set off again through the crowd we were quite alarmed at the sight of two police officers heading straight towards us alarmed because they were 12 foot tall do you like to comment on our broadcast? I think you need a license to do a broadcast. I would like to see the paperwork. Oh, it's there, is it? Oh, there, there, there. Can I tell you we've got a serious issue? What's your We've had all the toilet seats stolen at the police station. Seriously. Now we are investigating. We've got literally nothing to go on. Terrible. Have a lovely day. Thank you, guys. So SAS, we're here, the London Legal Walk, 18th of October 2021, and we are on Carey Street, nestled in behind the Royal Courts of Justice. And it's mad, isn't it? It's, I mean, yeah, I didn't know what to expect, really. So we've got food stalls, registration, lawyers arriving in their droves. <laughs> Everyone's just gathering, ready to walk. It's great to see such a, um, a range of people, you know, senior people, junior people. I spotted some... Um, judges as well who've come there's barristers here and solicitors and, and everyone's just getting their their team photo yeah and there's a lot of uh, branded t-shirts a lot of branded ourselves included yes we've uh, managed to don ourselves some nice reimagined law t-shirts done this is um, this is new sleepwear for me <laughs> after today it'll be repurposed <laughs> The good thing about carrying a microphone through a crowd is that rather than having to always find the next great person to speak to, sometimes they'll just come to you. So, um, we have managed to get the star of the day. <laughs> Hello, Bob, founder of the London Legal Support Trust. How are you? I'm very well. Pleased to be back? Pleased that we've got a lot of people out for real in the street, yeah. yes. Yeah. And it's not quite 2019 because a lot of people still working at home and some people still nervous to come in the street. Although, people don't look very nervous, do they? <laughs> I, I feel like I ought to be going up and down the road saying, social distance, you lot. <laughs> but We're outside. Probably We're not outside. Gonna, yeah, we are all outside, except those in the Law Society who are inside. So, Bob, tell us, what, why is access to justice so important to you? Well, when we talk about access to justice and the walk, we're talking about social law, social welfare law, like housing, benefits, debt, employment, asylum, education, and those things. Yeah. And when somebody gets in real trouble with one of those areas of law, eventually they need a lawyer or a specialist caseworker to solve their problem. Yeah. Um, because in the end they can't solve it by themselves. And if you get those sorts of problems and you can't solve them, then your life's a misery. So we're raising money to stop people's lives being a misery, roughly speaking. Couldn't have put it better myself. Um, I made that up on the spot, did you say? Now, Bob, tell us about your career journey. How did you end up working for the London Legal Support Trust and founding them? Uh, we'll be Are you a lawyer? No, not a lawyer. Fundraiser? Am now a fundraiser. <laughs> I, wasn't started, I started working in advice in <laughs> we won't mention the year <laughs> no, I'm, I'm trying to think when it was now 1974 I think um, at a place called Release which was 
drugs and the law. Been doing it ever since. Yeah. Until I was working at South West London Law Centre for 25 years in its various forms, and it never had enough money. Yeah. And we thought, hmm, we, we held a sponsored walk, and one guy came from a chambers in London, raised more than everybody else put together. <laughs> but, oh, there'd be gold in them there. <laughs> so, so I got together with a couple of city lawyers. David Mackey QC, well, Judge Mackey as he knows, and yeah. um, Richard Dighton from Simmons and Simmons, formed the Charitable Trust, thought we'd scrounge money off the city firm. So that wasn't very good. And then we said, well, let's do a sponsored walk. And we had 330 walkers in 2005, wow. and they raised £37,000, and we thought that was magnificent. If we've got any listeners today who are looking to enter the legal profession, yeah. looking to get involved but perhaps don't have um, all of their legal education in place or haven't got a training contract or pupillage, what can they still do to support the London Legal Support Trust? Oh, there's an awful lot of law students out here walking because, and they're not giving money themselves, they're asking their mums, their dads, <laughs> their auntie Sheila and anybody else to sponsor them. Yeah. So it doesn't matter who you are, you can you can walk and you can raise money, as long as you're prepared to send emails out and stick social media out saying, I'm walking for justice, sponsor me. Yeah. And there are some people from your place doing that, are there? Not yeah. many compared to normal, I have to say, <laughs> but we'll be back, back to normal in 2022 when we'll be in the sunshine and walking full on. It was around this point in the day that Fran and I caved in to the smell of the food vans that surrounded us and bought ourselves a portion of chips each. Uh, no evidence of which remained by the time we caught up with our next guest. So we've managed to catch Matthew Leopold from LexisNexis. Hello and welcome to Reimagine Law. Hello, good afternoon. <laughs> it's lovely to speak with you, Matthew. Um, first of all, perhaps you could help our listeners with who are LexisNexis? LexisNexis are a legal technology company. We provide the the, the background law, the legislation, and the practical guidance, and the applied legal analytics that help lawyers do more with their jobs. We give them all the tools and the knowledge they need so they can better advise their clients and businesses. Fab, like a kind of database system. So a database, but with the added uh, input of intelligence on top of that. So we have all the, the legal cases, we have legal legislation, but then we've also got the interpretation and the practical guidance on top of it. So that when you don't know what to do, or when you're not <laughs> sure what to do, you can turn to LexisNexis and we'll have got an expert in that area of law who'll have written guidelines, written checklists, written precedents, so that your job as a lawyer is made a lot easier. And you can take a lot of pre-written content and then apply it specifically to the situation that you find yourself in. Sounds fantastic. It sounds like it makes the job a lot easier as well. <laughs> well hopefully that is the aim, absolutely. Um, so look, we're here at the London Legal Walk today. Um, perhaps you could tell us why access to justice is so important to you and, and to the company as well. So access to justice is vital. LexisNexis exists in order to progress and further the rule of law. Yeah. And the rule of law depends on ensuring that people have got access to justice and that means making sure that legislation is freely available that means making sure that they are represented within the legal community by people that look like them and are uh, share similar feelings and experiences and backgrounds as them it means making sure that there is access to legal remedy so for us at LexisNexis access to justice is vitally important as if we can make sure that there is access to justice then the rule of law can thrive and we know when the rule of law thrives 
then society as a whole benefits and grows. So it is so important. It's wonderful to stand here today and look at thousands of people uh, on the streets here all gather together because they all recognize the importance of access to justice and they all want to help contribute to enriching the rule of law, not just here in London, but, but across the UK and around the world. Um, you're right, actually, it's really powerful. It's quite emotional when you put it like that, seeing everyone gathered here today. Um, and I think you just mentioned there, so um, legislation in England and Wales is freely available online for anybody to get just by typing into Google the name of the statute, isn't it? And, um, and we often see that and, and use it, but we don't necessarily equate that to being part of the rule of law and access to justice. So it's, Absolutely. Lovely. And of course, it would be remiss of me not to point out that obviously <laughs> the, the legislation that's available on online published by the government isn't necessarily as timely and as, uh, as well catalogued as you would find in uh, LexisNexis's products. I'd better shove that in. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. Right? That, that is, it is, we take it for granted here in the UK yeah. that so much of our legal system is publicly accessible. Yeah. But it's not all publicly accessible. And actually, it's not just being able to see the law, it's being able to understand the law. So yeah. here in the UK, I'm not a lawyer but I can find access, I can access that legislation. I still need someone who can help me interpret it and explain what I need to do yeah. to be able to get the legal remedy for the, the challenges I find myself in. So access to justice is not just the legislation, it is the people, it is the, the solicitors, it's the legal community, yeah. and it's so important. Yeah, oh, it's fantastic insights. Um, and Matthew, just lastly from us, um, do you have any tips that you'd give to anyone who's an aspiring lawyer? So the law is vital yeah. and my my personal feelings are anyone that is interested in trying to represent others and help others find their feet and find a solution the law is a brilliant background it will teach you to think it will teach you to find solutions it will teach you to be creative in, in your analytics uh, and ultimately even if you choose not to go into the law having a legal background is such a brilliant enabler to almost any other career so I would urge anyone from any sort of background to consider the law. And frankly, regardless of your background, the law needs people that represent people. So regardless of your background, there is someone out there who needs someone like you to come and help them solve their problems. So don't be afraid, just do it. That was put so succinctly and passionately. Thank you so much, Matthew, for joining us today. You're podcast. very welcome, thank you. <laughs> Oh, so have a photo with the bush people. Oh, we must. They're so frightening. And you can see pictures of Fran and me with the famous bush people on the Reimagine Law LinkedIn page. Um, I bet your questions are a bit prickly. <laughs> um, you're doing a wonderful job of entertaining. Thank everybody. you, bush people. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bizarre. Truly bizarre. And if all that wasn't glamorous enough, Guess who we then spotted coming through the crowd? It's great to be joined by Robert Rinder, who some of you might know as Judge Rinder. Welcome to Reimagine Law. Thank you. Um, and it's great to be here with you at the London Legal Walk. Mm. We just wanted to ask you a couple of questions about, um, first of all, why are you walking today? What are you walking for? You know, um, uh, what we're doing here is uh, collectively trying to share with the wider non-legal community yeah. why access to justice is really critical. Yeah. Even the word really critical doesn't go far enough. It's, yeah. it's essential. You know, at, at its most simple, um, we 
live in a democracy, but that democracy is nothing without the rule of law and individuals having access to justice. You know, there's so many ways in which we want to describe what that means, but it means, perhaps above all else, now more than ever, it means that you have the capacity to get a remedy that you're entitled to. Now, your legal people will understand what that means in intellectual terms, but in basic terms, for everybody because sh everybody should understand the law is everybody's that means that if you're entitled to housing you should be able to get it yeah. safe housing too if you've got a kid that's in special educational needs or is in need of it if you're somebody who is experiencing domestic violence or has a serious family issue um, the reality is for millions of people your neighbors your friends they won't have somebody in their network who can help them with the relevant legal expertise, A, to solve their problem, or give them access to the power they don't just need, but they're entitled to. Yeah. And that is what law is. Without it, we go back to the beginning, our rule of law and consequently our democracy is meaningless. So what we're doing today is sharing, come back to Strictly, we're jazz handing <laughs> to the world yeah. why it's absolutely essential that this isn't the golden thread yeah. that weaves itself into the tapestry of our nation, it's the light at the centre of it. And at the moment it's on a dimmer switch and it's very close to being snuffed out. Yeah, yeah, that is... Um I couldn't have put it better in any other way. That's fantastic, or not fantastic to hear that. Um, so just quickly, bearing all of that in mind, yeah. um, what does access to justice mean for you? Well, you know, it's a really big question. I spend a lot of time not lecturing on listening and hearing, hearing especially. Um, in a nutshell, because we could be here all day, but <laughs> I want you know your listeners to have this takeaway. It's about power. Yeah. What I mean by that, let's think about it in personal terms. I don't know who you are, listener, but imagine you've got a problem, be it, um, it could be a straightforward one with a, a, perhaps a deposit, it could be a family issue, it could be somewhere where ultimately what you really need is to speak to power. And you look in your phone, go, go and do it now and go through, and I wonder who in that phone you could phone that will understand how to help you, know what the law is, and can um, assist you, advocate on your behalf. Or you yourself might be sufficiently confident to go and speak truth to power yeah. because of your background, because of all the privileges that you've had that have made you feel equipped to feel like you deserve to be in that room in the first place. For millions of our fellow citizens, yeah. our neighbours, our communities, that isn't a thing. Yeah. It's not available. They don't have that network. So you ask me what access to justice is. It's access to get the remedy in law that you're entitled to, to somebody who has the expertise to give you the help that you need. You know, for far too long in this country, network have been networks of privilege, and it doesn't need to be that. And the only way it can stop being that is if people have access to the power through law. Fantastic, brilliant. Um, and lastly, because I know we've got to release you to go and do your 10 kilometer walk in yeah, a moment. Um, what tips would you give to anyone wishing to access the profession? Passion, 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 okay. right? Don't be put off. Yeah. I, I, I cannot, tell you the amount of times I meet um, dispirited humans of all different ages. So I wanted to do law, but I was told dot, dot, dot. If you've got the passion, if you've got the drive, um, that's all that matters. And don't forget this, uh, people. When I arrived at the bar a couple of decades ago, the greatest advocate of criminal law, was by the way true in um, civil and commercial law, by and in large, um, at the big set. So this is at the bar, not in firms, although I suspect it was true there too. 
you needed two A-levels, and they could be ropey A-levels. Yeah. And I'm talking about the greatest advocates of their generation that can give you goosebumps just by standing on their hind legs. Not an A-level to rub together. I'm going to name some of them. They <laughs> there. Orlando Powell, not near university. Um, Stephen Cavendish, these are all QCs, um, was a, a, a significant leader in the Lawrence Inquiry. No university degree. David Waters, senior um, Treasury Council, no university degree. Even Lord Denning got a third. Now, yes, things have changed. Yes, it's become infinitely more competitive. But if you can demonstrate drive, passion, common sense, if you want to be somebody who believes more than anything else that you can communicate on behalf of people who don't necessarily have power or just because you love the law, eventually, if you work hard enough and you've got enough elbow and you realize how to fill your CV up enough, free legal advice is a really good way of doing it and offering all of the expertise you have, you will get there. Believe in yourself, I promise it can happen, and it's a career that's worth pursuing because it's great at its best. Well, after all that, we were just about ready to redeem our drinks tokens at the bar. I've got my heels on. When the microphone attracted yet more attention from another amazing pair of speakers. So, uh, we are just at the finish line of the London Legal Walk, and we are delighted to congratulate Derek Sweeting, QC, um, on finishing the London Legal Walk. And Derek, you are the chairman of the Bar Council. Well, the uh, chair of the Bar chair, Council, actually. Sorry, we chair, definitely chair, have to be definitely. gender neutral nowadays yes. about these things. But yes, I'm My the chair. My mistake, thank you. And congratulations as well to Lubna Shuja, who is um, vice president of the Law Society as thank well. Thank you very much, thank you. So, sorry to grab Wait. you when you are probably exhausted <laughs> and wanting to just enjoy a quiet drink and a seat. But we'd love to know why you walk today. Well, this is a, it's a really important event in the legal calendar, I think, to bring uh, legal professionals together to walk for good legal causes and also to engender a bit of esprit de corps, which we sometimes don't have. We're often on different sides of cases and so on, but it's important that we do things as a profession. And by that, I include solicitors, barristers and also SIDEX, legal executives. Yeah, yeah and, we, and we're wanting to... Um raise the profile of uh, access to justice, more awareness around uh, funding and issues around funding. We're raising money today uh, for uh, helping various charities that provide free legal advice. Um, so that's really, really important. Fantastic. Um, and a lot of our listeners are aspiring barristers and solicitors. Are there any top tips or tricks that you can give them? Well, I think the first thing is not to be put off. So I went to a state comprehensive school. I didn't have a, a background or family in the law. And I think there are lots of myths around what you need to be and who you need to know in order to go into the law. And almost all of them are incorrect. So the, the most important thing is to find out, inform yourself. And there is lots of help out there. Both the Bar Council and the Law Society are doing great outreach work now. So there's someone to talk to who will tell you what you need to know about coming into the law. Yes, I think reiterate what Derek has said. You don't have to be from a privileged background. Um, I'm also, you know, state school, working class parents, uh, went through the system uh, and, you know, never thought I'd get to where I am. Um, dream high, dream big, and hopefully you can get there. Uh, and, you know, when, when you're looking at um, top tip, if you're looking at trying to get some work experience, don't uh, narrow yourself to just law firms or barristers' chambers. You know, there are 
companies that have legal departments, local authority, lots of places you can look for work experience. So, you know, even just going down to your local court and sitting in a courtroom and watching cases and seeing what happens and how they're dealt with, it's all experience that you can put on your CV to help you understand. Or coming to the London Legal Walk yes. next year and meeting people Absolutely. like yourself. And I have to tell our listeners, we, we met these two lovely people in the queue for a drink, so <laughs> it can happen anywhere. Oh, it's been wonderful to talk to you and many congratulations on finishing the walk. It's really lovely to meet you both. Well, it's a pleasure. Thank lovely you very to much. to meet you too. Thank you. And just as the rain started to come down and the umbrellas go up, we found the last of our guests for the day. So, we have also come across the crew from Clyde & Co, um, and I would love to welcome to our podcast, Iffy and Rachel. Hello. Hello. Welcome to, to the podcast. So, um, perhaps if I could start with you, um, why are you walking today? Uh, except for the fact that it's a great cause, I'm also very interested in it because I went to school in London. And I remember one year I was walking home and I saw lots of people in bright t-shirts walking around, taking over the sidewalk. And I was like, what are they doing? And on the back of their shirts it said London Legal Walk. And I told myself then, even though I didn't have a training contract then, that I was going to be involved in it. So the minute I got an email saying London Legal Walk, I was like, yeah, great, sign me up, I'm ready to go. So that's how I got oh, onto the such a lovely, lovely story. <laughs> uh, Rachel, what about you? Um, similar, actually. When I um, first joined the firm, I knew some people in the team that were doing it, but I think I missed, I missed the deadline or something like that. And um, since I've joined the firm, I've been working a lot more um, pro bono work, and so helping individuals and, and charities as well who may not have equal access to justice. And so I thought it was a great way to fundraise and raise awareness of access to justice across the city. Brilliant. And, and, and what does access to justice mean to you both? What, what, why is it important? Knowledge is power, ultimately, and it's been really rewarding to give people that knowledge and help them enforce their rights. And I think lots of people don't know what they don't know, essentially. <laughs> and, and if they don't know what they're, what they're entitled to or how they can enforce something, then often they just don't do it. Um, off the back of that, it's also about giving them a voice. So you're giving a voice to people who wouldn't usually get that voice. And I remember I worked in a law clinic for a while and you are the one standing in between someone being homeless or unemployed. So it's great if you can give them that voice and give them that support that they need to get access to legal justice. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, and Ify, what's your role at, at Clyde & Co? And what's your journey been to get there? So I am a first seat trainee, which means I literally started like two months ago. Um, I am in the professional and financial dispute seat. So I deal with a lot of solicitors' negligence, when professionals are negligent. So it's very fun, very engaging work. Um, I got my CC back in 2019, right after my master's after doing an LLB in law, so it's been a very long journey to get to. Yeah. Oh, congratulations on starting your training contract, that's you brilliant. And Rachel, what's your position and, and how long have you been there? So I'm an associate in the employment team. I've been at Clyde & Co since doing my vacation scheme back in 2014. I then did the GDL, LPC and, and training contract qualified into the employment team because I just love the human aspect of it. It affects everyone, whether you are an employee or you have employees in your business. Um, and also the pro bono work that, that we do 
um, just helps you get to individuals that you wouldn't naturally work with yeah. in, a, in a big city firm. It's a real way of getting skilled up in a commercial mm. firm, but actually in an area of law that's super applicable to pro bono, yeah. isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So lastly, because I know you've got to get walking, I can hear the shouts to start. Um, do you have a top tip for any aspiring lawyers? Uh, take your job seriously, but not yourself. That is a brilliant tip. That is a fantastic. Take your job seriously, but not yourself. Ify, do you have anything you'd like to I add? I don't have anything so philosophical, <laughs> but um, maybe keep your eye on the goal. Because yeah. it might be a long way to get there, but if you keep your mind on what you're doing, then it'll be great. Yes. That's a great tip, yeah, that it's not necessarily an easy journey. Well, look, best of luck to both of you with your walk. Thank um, you. 10 kilometres in the drizzle. Um, you will definitely deserve your drink at the end of it. So yeah. good luck. And thank you so much for stopping by to chat to thank us. Thank you. Well. You're welcome. Oh, it was so kind of them to stand in the rain with us while we recorded. And just as they were about to set off on the start of their 10K, we found another willing participant in one of the partners at Clyde & Co. Fab, so we've managed to um, just quickly nab Ralph Cox from Clyde & Co, who's a partner there. Hello, welcome Hi. to Reimagine Hello. Law. <laughs> um, sorry to grab you before you're about to do your walk and uh, pull you into the side hustlings by Eden Ravenscroft, um, that well-known um, legal outfit supplier. Um, others are available, I should probably say that, shouldn't I? Um, so Ralph, tell us, why are you walking today? Uh, well. It was, it was sort of an experiment, really. I've never done anything like this before, <laughs> but I thought it was about time I did, really. Aww. So, uh, anyhow, that, that's really the reason why. Uh, partly, the, another sort of reason, my wife used to do a lot of work for charity, but she then got long COVID. Aww. So uh, she can no longer do that. So I thought, well, it gives an added reason for me sort of stepping forward and rather than just occasionally giving money away, actually doing something, you know, getting off my backside and actually doing something. <laughs> and, and you are doing that today with 10 kilometres. Yeah. Um, so tell us, what does access to justice mean to you? Why is it important? Uh, well, it's something, to be honest, I've had fairly limited experience of. But um, so one of my wife's charities was helping refugees from Syria. Wow. And that was getting Battersea, which is where we live to honour its commitments and so she was setting up homes for refugees from the Syrian camps, trying to reunite families, preparing flats for them here in the UK uh, and settling them in but a lot of issues arose which she couldn't deal with mm -hmm. and so the only thing that they could really do was refer them to somewhere to obtain uh, legal advice so there were legal issues involved um, so that's sort of I mean you do need to have centers which are available for people like that and but even in the, the sort of world I act in which is intellectual property there are always people who sort of get on the wrong side of a large corporation whatever they need to have advice you know photographers don't have much money they're work gets copied etc they, they need people they can go along to and get advice because I've always been conscious of how much lawyers cost and not everyone can afford it yeah. so uh, you know and Clienco is very good we have a pro bono scheme and and people are good about giving sort of free advice and helping people out but but they're equally people who, who don't really know how to access or don't have right contacts to know about firms schemes and so on so they do need local advice centers uh, around the country to to help them because so many issues you know, these days 
and so it's wrong and you know, do it are legal and they need somewhere to go. So I thought, well, I should do something. <laughs> and, and you are. And actually, you raise a lovely point that those areas of law that you think are more commercially based are actually very, um, you know, they impact individuals. Well, they, they do, because it was really, you know, if, if, because the UK is moving towards a more sort of creative yeah. type of economy, or at least a large part of it, and a lot of those people are sort of small individuals, uh, and they hit problems, and, um. and they, they need to be pointed in the right direction. Thank you so much for stopping Pleasure. by with us. We won't hold you up because we know you've got to get round well, and do know, your I've walk and in this drizzle. And hopefully, it was, yeah, exactly. But thank you for joining yeah. us oh, and good luck with the walk as well. Take care. Okay. Thank you. And that was it. We'd spoken to some truly fascinating people from all different areas of the legal profession and got some great footage of what was a brilliant day. Fran and I had definitely earned our one for the road. Thank <laughs> you.